Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. I compute and obey. Now, to Dave Hooker. Ready. Here we go, all kinds of good things happening over the weekend for the Vols. We want to talk to you about that. Get on board now. We greatly appreciate that. Good morning to you, Travis, and the others that are on board. A lot to talk about with the Orange and White game. Tennessee picks up a commitment as well. And so a lot going on in Hendon Hooker's draft landing, maybe coming a little bit more clear. I'm not sure. There's so much more. There's so much smoke screening that goes on in the NFL draft process. Good morning to you, Smoky Mountain Red. And good morning to you, Caleb Calhoun. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm well. I was out on the left coast last week, so thanks for filling in. Greatly appreciate that. And uh, Tennessee hits it up in the orange and white game. I encourage you to go to offthehooksports.com. We have several articles, including Tennessee's newest commitment, that I want to get to as well. But uh, first and foremost, let me get your initial thoughts on the orange and white game before we uh, get to winners and losers, uh, general takeaways, and it'll be brought to you by Craven Wings. But uh, let me go ahead and start with today's tough question, and it's brought to you by Craven Wings. Craven Wings, they had their, I believe, second brunch over the weekend on Saturday. It's phenomenal. Always fresh, never frozen. Craven Wings has fantastic food. And I'm going to go with Jacob Warren. 
Go with the Signature Sauce 87, just like him, and you're absolutely going to love it. Craven Wings, three locations, uh, and you definitely need to check them out for fantastic food. More to tell you about Craven Wings coming up and some potential prop bets that are out there. So let's go ahead and get to that now. It's today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. And it is brought to you by Craven Wings. Let me ask you, as I did on our Twitter account, Caleb Calhoun, who won the spring game? Brought to you by Craven Wings. Who won the spring game in your mind? I think it's pretty clear who won the spring game, and he won it by default, and it's Joe Milton. And the reason Joe Milton won the spring game is we saw that even though the potential is there, Nico Iamaliava has some things he's got to work on. Um, He missed on a few throws. His decision-making was questionable at times. His pocket presence was incredible. I think that's the one thing that you should be happy about with the future is Nico's pocket presence is really good for, for a freshman. But he still has some things he has to develop on. And it really showed who is ahead of who in that offense. So I think I think by default on that, Joe Milton is the winner because, let's be honest, Gaston Moore is not going to be starting in the fall. I don't care that he had the best game of the three quarterbacks. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And I, um, and I think a lot of what I've said over the past few weeks needs to be taken into context. I've said all along that I think that uh, Nico Iamaleva will make a real run at this job. But that could be the end of September. That could be after struggles that Joe Milton might have. So um, I'm not surprised at all that uh, Nico didn't come out and light it up, throw for 380 yards and uh, 12 of 14 uh, passing. I just I, I don't think you have to remember spring games and spring practices are orchestrated. So even if I am right in that I think Nico is further along than a lot of people, including Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, give him credit for, you're not going to go out and show that and create a potential quarterback controversy in your one open practice, Caleb. I think we can agree on that. Right, exactly. Particularly when he held out all of the key weapons. I mean, the top four receivers that are going to be in the rotation in the fall, Brew McCoy, Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White, and Dante Thornton, none of them played in this game. Jabari Small and Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson didn't play in this game at running back. And everybody was talking about Cam Seldon and Sean Bishop making noise at the running back position. Guys, they were making noise because the the fact that they played means that they're not going to play a lot in the fall because it was very clear Hypo was holding out his biggest weapons, his biggest skill weapons in this game. No doubt. And who can, can, who can blame him last year after what happened to Cedric Tillman? Now, I know that was during the season. It wasn't the offseason, but who can blame somebody for being a little bit conservative? I wrote a column about how Dylan Sampson was the story of a spring camp. And I still believe that some people didn't quite get the gist of that. I'm not talking about the spring game. Listen, the spring game is a, you've been to Broadway, Caleb, a spring game is a dress rehearsal that you get to kind of peek behind the curtain for just a little bit. Are they going to show you anything significant now that they're, uh, they're broadcast nationwide? Absolutely not. So I wasn't basing Dylan Sampson off what happened in the spring game. I will still say that I think he is 
one of the superstars, if not the superstar spring camp from people I talked to, but there's no reason to go out there and get him roughed up, especially against a bunch of guys too, that are probably going to be third string defensive players and second string defensive players. There's no, there, there's no need to show everything. There's no need to show your hand at this point, Caleb, in the whole process, no matter what position we're talking about. Yeah, and I wouldn't even go as far. Having been in the pit orchestra of all of my high school musicals, there you uh, go. I would not. I would not even go as far as to say it's even a dress rehearsal. Because I would say it's like it's like when the it's like when you're still working back in the band room and just going through the the motions and figuring things out. Because it's it's not even a dress rehearsal. Because in a dress rehearsal, you're in full pads and you're going as if you're going at the full show. They're not treating a spring game like it's a game at all. You're treating it as, particularly if you're Josh Heifel, where you're like, I don't want to show anything to the public. No, and and it's to the point with Josh Heifel that it's almost laughable. And I don't mean this in a bad way. It's almost laughable how protective he is of anything. And I had somebody that was talking about, I think I mentioned this to you, so I might go into the high school football clinic. And he's like, there was nothing there. Josh Heifel is just not going to show you anything. That's how he's wired. I don't know if Nick Saban's like that. I don't know if other successful coaches are like that. I know that Steve Spurrier, everything was open. He didn't care if you saw everything. He felt like that he was going to one-up you on game day. Um, Josh Heupel is a very protective coach, so he's going to hold people out. He's not going to show people much in the spring game, which is why all along I didn't think they should charge $5 for the spring game, Caleb. Yeah, but, the, I mean, I would, I did agree with you that they shouldn't have charged $5, but if you can get 60000 when you're charging $5 – that's the equivalent of like having 90,000 for the A-Day game, which happened when Nick Saban was first at Alabama, I guess, 15 years ago. That was incredible that they were able to pull that off. I, I give them a lot of credit. I, you know, I'm kind of with you. It's weird that he likes to be so cagey to me only because we've talked about it before. He reminds me of Steve Spurrier in the sense that he has a system that's easy to figure out. And it's more, there's nothing like, there's nothing you're catching people off guard with in the system. It's just hard to defend. It's just really, really, really hard to defend, and it's not. I, I don't, I don't understand why Hypel feels the need to be so cagey about it. I feel like pro style offenses would need to be more cagey about these situations because they have a more open, open playbook. Well, I think that from people I talk to, Josh Hypel and the coaching staff think they're way ahead of the curve. Um, so. If they think they're way ahead of the curve, they don't want to show anything, and you want to ride that out for two, three years, however long you can you can ride it out. Uh, Rebecca said, "I felt like uh, I'm not about to show all my shiny new toys." You're exactly right. It was all about that. It was good to see them throwing the ball around, though. I I, I think I, I really believe in in Josh Heupel's ultimate fantasy of the spring game that he might not even play starting quarterbacks. That they might just play for one series or yeah, it, it, it could have been a lot worse. I heard some people complaining. They didn't get to see some of the guys that they wanted to see, see in particular the receivers. And I heard a lot of that, but at, at the end of the day, I think if Tennessee wins 10 or 11 games this fall, nobody's really going to matter. Right. Nobody's going to care. It's not going to matter. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, what do you guys expect? It's a spring game. If you pay $5 to show up for that, that's on you. <laughs> but I am old enough to remember when it was actually a spring game and they kind of kept score. And I'm old enough to remember the transfer in early two thousands where they kind of went to a scoring system, like an interception, you got five points or that sort of thing. So I do remember them trying to make it feel 
like a spring game. I remember Butch Jones doing the the, the Peyton Manning against was was it Alabama where he ducks to do the quarterback sneak and then he ends up rolling out and they would throw it and he threw it in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown and they had that drill. Do you remember that by chance? I remember the specific. I remember that they had specific drills during the spring game with Butch Jones. I don't remember exactly what they were. They were like it was like skills challenges. I remember. Yes. Yes. So I would kind of rather see that to be real honest with you. I, I would. I, I mean. Would I mean, as opposed to a game. I, f- I felt like they were trying to force a square peg into a round hole on Saturday because they got a coach that doesn't want to show anything, yet they want to show their fans something. Yeah, no, that's very true. You're right. It's it's kind of it's it's a tricky situation to be in. Uh, but the thing that when you say you don't want to show it, when you say that Josh Heupel is ahead of the curve by three years, is he ahead of the curve in the sense that he had? It's not that he has an offense that no one has seen. It's that he has an offense that no one's figured out how to stop. Right. I think he thinks that, and I think that also. And let me give you a little bit of an insight without giving stuff away. For those that are on board, please hit that thumbs up button, the like button. I think they're going to do some different things if it's Joe Milton, if that's the guy, which I think it will be. I think that's the odds on choice to start the season, no question. So I think they'll do some different things. I think they'll do, from what I'm told, some more Dylan Sampson stuff out of the backfield. That'll be extended running plays to get them more explosiveness. I think that... Joe Milton is better on the over uh, the uh, over the middle passes, the little passes underneath. I think that he is going to do really well there. But does that take away your deep playability? Well, you have to manufacture those points somehow. So I think one of the ways that Tennessee's going to be able to do that is going to be Dylan Sampson out of the backfield. Dylan Sampson perhaps playing even a four wide receiver role at times. I think that you're going to see Tennessee play more four wide than they have previously, which excludes a tight end like Princeton fan or Jacob Warren. But I think they really like their wide receivers and what they have. The other thing is you could play Jacob Warren the exact same amount of snaps and the rotation in which he would come out with Princeton fan Caleb could be a four wide receiver set. So instead of rotating them equal series throughout, maybe one series is a four wide receiver set. The other series is Jacob Warren who I think warrants playing time. I think there's all kinds of interesting things. I think you're going to see this offense go in a bit of a different direction a little bit. I mean, you'd have to be an aficionado to see that, but I think you're going to see it tweaked a little bit in what is essentially full year number two. So what you're saying is that Josh Heupel's system is not a simplistic system. It actually is adaptable, and the playbook is pretty open, I guess would be the word. I think it is adaptable. I mean, I think we, I, I think that they can do some of that. I think it's adaptable. I don't think they're going to up and run pro style Bill Walsh, San Francisco 49ers in the, in the 1980s. I don't think they're going to run off formation Jimmy Johnson in the early 90s. But yeah, I think they can do some different things. Uh, Mr. Jones saying Hopple didn't want to put too much on tape at the spring game for teams like Clemson, our rivals, to have any game tape to study. I agree with that. I think it's more about opposition than it is about giving away anything new that Josh Heupel might have in his playbook. But I think it is very much about also showing that Joe Milton and Nico are competent quarterbacks, but not showing too much of what they could do. And like I said, I think Milton has a different skill set, Caleb, than Hendon Hooker. And I think they'll do things a little bit different with Joe Milton. But why would you show that to everybody in April? 
No, you're right. That's a, that's a good point. That's a very fair point. And, and for, we need to be clear on this. This is what makes Josh Heupel as a head coach who has a, I guess, cutting edge offensive system different from so many other coaches who stick to the same system. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. Great, you know, founder of the air raid offense, but you and I both know Mike Leach had the same exact offense and stuck with it for 25 years. There was really yeah. nothing different about it at all. That's the big difference is between a Mike Leach and a Josh Heupel. And again, rest his soul. I don't mean this bad. Same thing with Hal Mummy, who Leach coached, coached under at Kentucky. Mummy was not going to come out and do something vastly different than what he did with Tim Couch. It was going to be the same thing. And ultimately, you see that his coaching trajectory kind of went up and then kind of went flat. And the reason is because he wasn't willing to do anything different portions of the program brought to you by andy mason real estate.com andy mason real estate.com will save you thousands if not tens of thousands man andy mason real estate.com 40 years of experience in the real estate field they are phenomenal andy mason real estate.com best service best prices in the biz you cannot beat that it was awesome andy mason real estate.com again andy mason real estate.com in the knoxville area your realtor hit that like button the thumbs up button because we greatly appreciate that as we bring more people into the program and um, a, a lot going on as we will get to a, a tennessee recap of recruiting uh, caleb drew has been all on top of on off the hook sports.com tennessee does pick up a commitment and he's uh, pretty darn good and then i i'm going to I'm going to pick a little bit of a fight uh, with a 247 uh, rider that has Squirrel White as a top 10 rising star. I don't think he's top 10 rising star on his team for a a couple of different reasons. But let's get to the final recap of uh, spring practice. The uh, biggest winners and losers of spring camp. I don't know that there's necessarily a loser, so to speak, other than... Maybe I'm nitpicking. I would say uh, Brew McCoy. I think it was an opportunity for him to go out there and do more things. We're suddenly talking about a receiver, Caleb, that was considered a malcontent because he transferred one, two, three times um, and has come into this season and has been limited in spring camp. He was limited in preseason camp last year because you didn't know if the NCAA was going to allow him to be eligible Suddenly you're talking about a guy who's missed an awful lot of practice time, Caleb. We don't know exactly how much he may have missed in regular spring camp, but I wonder if Brew McCoy is going to be up and ready to go as a number one wide receiver in the fall. He had, he had better be because Tennessee might get great contributions from the slot position as they have and over the past couple of years, and they could do so again, but they need a guy that's, at the very least, a Ramel Keaton level last year that can keep people honest and not double down on the slot. Yeah, I don't, I'm not as worried with Brew McCoy. It, it, I actually disagree to it. Uh, I, I think McCoy was held out because of what happened with Cedric Tillman last year. And I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think there's much of a learning curve at playing wide out in Hypel system. I don't think there, I don't think you have to, I think it's pretty easy to pick up. And so I don't, there, I think there's no reason. I think the most important thing for your receivers, your wideouts specifically, is to keep them in shape. I think in the slot, you may have worked some guys this year because you didn't know who was going to be your slot guy, but you know that McCoy and Ramel Keaton are going to be your wideouts. 
I do think a wide receiver was the loser of this spring camp, but I don't think it was McCoy. I think it was Dante Thornton. And I think it was Dante Thornton because I think Squirrel White did not let go of that number one slot spot. And so I think that, look, I'm eating crow on that. I was so high on Dante Thornton coming to Tennessee. And I don't think, and, and what I had heard is that it wasn't so much of what he didn't do. It's that Squirrel White really never let go of the spot <laughs> that he was that good. So if, if there was a loser to me, it would be Dante Thornton. I think another loser, and these are based on who the winners were from spring camp. I would say Jalen Wright was a loser from spring practice mm. only because of what Dylan Sampson did. Why wouldn't you say Jabari Small instead of Jalen Wright? Because the Jalen Wright is the all-purpose back, and Dylan Sampson is an all-purpose back. They're not the 20, 25-yard uh, – I'm sorry. They're not the 20 to 25 carries per game back. They're not the guy you go to when it's third and one and you need a yard and everybody knows you're going to run the ball. Jabari Small is that guy. And Jabari Small is still going to be the feature back for Tennessee because he can be the workhorse back. So I think it, I think Dylan Sampson takes more carries away from Jalen Wright, not Jabari Small. I tend to agree. Do you want to hear something that sounds crazy? I'm ready. Okay. How big is Dylan, Dylan Sampson? Why don't you look him up real quick? And it would pull up Tennessee's roster. And how big Jabari Small and uh, Jalen Wright? Because they're not huge dudes by any stretch of the imagination. But when we look at Dylan Sampson, we think much, much smaller. So when you, when you have those, the, uh, those heights and weights pulled up, let me, let me get to that. And we're going to get to why uh, Mr. Jones says Squirrel is already a, a star going into the season, in my opinion. I agree. I, that, that's why I, I was going to nitpick on this guy's column here in a second. And we'll get to Tennessee's uh, recruiting prowess as they pick up a uh, commitment over the weekend. But, no, I agree. I think uh, Squirrel is almost bona fide. Uh, to this point, and I, uh, but so I wouldn't have him on that list. The guy I would have on the list would be Dylan Sampson, who's listed as how big? Dylan okay. Sampson is 5'11, 190. Jabari Small okay. is 5'11, 213. Jalen Wright is 5'11, 205. Okay. Do me a favor. I'm going to go way back in time. Um, the, the Florida State. Uh, running back, and he later went on uh, Ward. Ward, what's his name? Ward, what was his first name? Well, I'm thinking, I know Charlie Ward, the quarterback. I don't know the running back. No, though. the running back who went on to play for uh, the Bucks along with Allsot. Uh, Warwick Dunn? Warwick Dunn, Warwick Dunn. Okay, how big was Warwick Dunn? Warwick Dunn was five nine. I'm trying to look at his size. Wow, five nine one eighty seven. I thought Warwick Dunn was bigger than that. Okay, so I'm just going to throw something out there that was said to me. All right, and this is this is insight that you don't get anywhere else, Tennessee fans. But this is something that was said to me. What if because Joe Milton is better at going over the middle? that it opens up some stuff on the flats, which really was very rarely open because Tennessee would attack that safety and then the slot receiver would make you pay if you overplayed on the outside receiver. What if because of Joe Milton, they're throwing the ball over the middle a lot and the flats open up a little bit and Dylan Sampson is not only your changeup back, this is just a what if, hasn't been decided. What if he's more of your go-to back? because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. 
He can beat you horizontally, which is important to this offense, more so than when you had Hendon Hooker at quarterback. What if he's your main go-to guy? Is that outside the realm of possibility because of his size and skill set? Then we're definitely getting an Alvin Kamara situation with Dylan Sampson. And because Josh Dobbs didn't have the the deepest ball, they couldn't go deep with him that often. And he went over the middle a lot more. And because of that, the flats were wide open with Kamara. And now Butch Jones, for some reason, decided, I think we could use Jalen Jalen Hurd in the flat more. But when Alvin, or Alvin Kamara was the better back in the flats. But yes, you're getting it out. You will get an Alvin Kamara then this year. You'll have that type of season. Tennessee with this group and Joe Milton in particular, even if it's not Nico one day. But with this group, they're going to be fine getting the ball downfield. Do we agree on that? I mean, yeah. they're going to yeah. hit one of five, right? And if you hit one of three, then you're the number one offense in the nation like last year. So if you hit one and five, you're going to keep them honest. I'm not saying they're just going to completely forget the deep ball at all. I just wondered if this offense might be a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and might throw more things within, let's say, a 20-yard intermediate throw as opposed to downfield just i'm talking about little tweaks at the end of the year caleb i'm not talking about major overhauls so we're on the same page here's what's going to happen with this offense and this is what we've noticed in the clemson game and i think a lot of people are forgetting this about the clemson game it wasn't the same type of offense not just from the over the middle perspective it wasn't the same type of efficient offense you had with hendon hooker there were lots of drives where Tennessee didn't do anything in that Clemson game. Remember, you're going to see – it's going to be weird to watch because there's going to be a lot of drives where Tennessee doesn't score at all or doesn't do anything. And then there will be a few where they where they do what they need to do. And then you remember those few because it scores enough to win. But because here's the, here's the thing. Joe Milton, like you said, is going to miss on deep balls. Those are going to be drive killers. And he's going to miss on a lot more of those deep balls than Hendon Hooker did. And Hinden Hooker didn't hit on all of them. And so there, I will say this. It's funny. You brought up Anthony, you, you brought up in the past, Anthony Richardson is a, he, that's the biggest thing for Joe Milton this year is Anthony Richardson's draft stock would help Milton. I think you're going to see Milton be much more of a, Milton's draft stock will be much more of a product of Heupel's offense than it is him. And that's going to be the difference between him and Hooker. I think Hooker did things alone that actually helps his draft stock. I think Joe Milton, the offense itself will allow for him to score on just enough during the year where he, his draft stock will say hi, but I'm going to be honest. He's going to Tennessee's offense is going to be a lot less efficient this year per drive. Uh, fair, but they might be able to run the ball every bit as well. Um, and I don't, Darnell Wright's a big loss. But I think that this team is going to continue to develop in the running game. So efficient's kind of a funny word. Uh, I would lean more towards uh, the thinking of that Tennessee's not going to be as explosive, and that's going to limit their efficiency underneath. Because I think you're going to see safeties walk up a little bit more than they used to. Now, it's up to Joe Milton and Josh Heupel to burn those guys off the line, and then things open up underneath as they did last year. But – at, at the end of the day, I, I I maybe think higher of Dylan Sampson than some that are out there in, in the community. And I can tell you that a lot of people in Tennessee's football team think very, very highly of Dylan Sampson. So 
is this some sort of situation in which he could be the every down back? That's saying an awful lot. But could he be more than just the scat back type of guy? Yes, I think so. Go ahead and click on that thumbs up button. The likes the like button helps us bring the program to more people. Just some insight from what I'm hearing. We've got a lot going on today. If you haven't subscribed yet, you have to do that because we have How About Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays coming up today on our YouTube channel. So there you go. Way in. You can do it on the message board as well. It's today's tough question brought to you by Craven Wings, and it's pretty simple. We can go all over the place. Who is the MVP of the orange and white game? We'll get to that and more Tennessee with a big commitment. Two minutes back with you with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the hooksports.com. And Craving Wings South North Shore location where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quien es este? El número 87, Jacob Warren. I'll just do six of my sauce 87, please. Impossible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at these wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craven Wings and get you seis más. But what was funny about Cadiz, we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program, but it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am, and now i got to do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadiz today. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A college football tradition like no other. Yes, sirree, boys and girls. Or the guy that just won't leave. Wow, that is sad. The Dave Hooker Show, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, so I'll uh, meetings. And getting all kinds of crazy error messages. Caleb, can you still hear me? <laughs> yeah, no, you came in and out for a second, but you're better now. Okay, all right, that was scary. See, you even say LA. And um, so I was in LA for a couple of business meetings last week, and I just want to say this to you and everybody that's listening: just don't change. Do not change. I love Tennessee. I love East Tennessee. Do not change. That's it. That's not, I'm not, it's not a knock on Cali. I love Cali, but just don't change. Uh, that's all I'm saying. That means you too, Caleb. I, even though you're not in East Tennessee at this very moment, I consider you an East Tennessean, or at least a Tennessean since you grew up in Memphis. But just don't change. You're not allowed to change. Not a knock against Cali, people. When you say don't change, do you mean just don't change your personality? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, why would I change my personality? My personality. Well, I don't know your personality's golden. I don't even know what I'm thinking or why I went in that direction. But also <laughs> the way you drive. Don't change the way you drive. And I've never even driven with you, but I bet oh, better. Oh, than I, I won't change the way I drive. But I'm just going to say it. I the best thing about living about having spent enough time in the north now, even though it's still technically south of the Mason Dixon line, but north of Washington D.C. Southerners are terrible drivers. Y'all drive too slow now. Every time I'm back home, what are you saying? No, the problem is with LA is that they like, go ahead. No, you go. No, you go. No, you go. And then we're all sitting there like a bunch of idiots. Oh, yeah. LA is awful drivers, too. By the way, I I thought John. It is road rage galore, and I love it. Where? In In DC? In the DC area is road rage galore. It's get the F out of my way. I got to get where I'm going. Yeah. They at least they let you over in LA, which is nice. Uh, John said, "Hooker, we don't need no stinking hooker." Caleb did an outstanding job. I agree with that. I thought you were talking about quarterbacks at first. That kind of hurts my feelings. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into this right now. Before I remind you that the official craft beer of OffTheHookSports.com is Zul Beer X U L Beer dot com, worldwide award winning craft beer. They've got parking downtown. It's awesome in downtown Knoxville. You will love Zul Beer, XULBeer.com. They've got some fantastic, fantastic merch as well. So check them out. Will Bacchus of 247 gets absolutely blasted and the light shined on him today. And what the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Top rising stars. By the way, let's jump into this too. Georgia and Alabama are having some interesting quarterback issues. 
as you look at Tennessee and you think, oh, Nico might pass this Joe Milton guy, and Joe Milton isn't as good as Hooker and, and all this good stuff. And, yeah, Tennessee is, other than having a returning starter, is in the best quarterback position of any school in the SEC. Let me just throw that out there real quick, and we'll discuss Georgia and Alabama. But other than having a, having a returning starter, which it seems like nobody does, with Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker getting NFL talk. It seems like nobody has a returning quarterback as Texas is trying to find one in Arch Manning, as Georgia is trying to find one and a group of dudes, as, as Alabama is trying to find one. Man, it just it seems like other than having a returning starter at the quarterback position, Tennessee's in as good a shape as anybody. Um, so let me turn this to Will Backus of 247sports.com. He picks Squirrel White as an up-and-coming star. To me, Squirrel White is already pretty bona fide, uh, really bona fide. And I think Dylan Sampson, if you want to pick an up-and-coming star, is a better example of that. But if you want to pick somebody that's played a lot from Tennessee's football team, the rising star, and listen, everybody on the message board is going to, Say, what happened to Dave? He hit his head in L.A. He went to one of those Snoop Dogg or Woody Harrelson dispensaries, and now he's lost his brain, which may or may not be the case. But, Caleb, I don't understand how you could have Squirrel White as a rising star when he's already done a lot. If you want to pick a rising star that you know something about, it's Joe Milton on this football team. This is why, and I'm not trying to rip, oh, you're laughing. I'm not trying to rip Will Backus, but here's what what happens with some of these national media. They throw a name out there and people get excited. Let me go ahead and tell you what is a fact. A fact is Squirrel White is a dependable product. He is a guy that they know what they can get out of, and we'll see what happens with Dante Thornton. I know you like him a lot. I think they're both going to play. I don't think it's an indictment of Dante Thornton, like you you kind of alluded to earlier. But Squirrel White is a known commodity, kids. I mean, they don't go into this season hoping that Squirrel White gives them something. something. The, the unknown commodity that could be a star is Dylan Sampson, and I feel like I'm harping on him a little bit today, but – I listen, if you want to pick somebody that's already played then off Tennessee's football team, it's it's Joe Milton because he's he's held it down. And this is not coming from the stuff that you're reading online and from these press conferences that have absolutely no meaning. This is coming from people I talk to. Joe Milton has held down the job, Caleb, and I wasn't sure that he was going to do so to this point. And he might not do so in September, but he's held down the job. So why is he not your rising star? This is not Dave Hooker talking. Somebody kidnapped Dave Hooker. Somebody went to the Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I think it's called the Giggly Lounge when I was out in L.A. The Woody Harrelson Giggly Lounge. Who kidnapped you, took your hair, and made Polyjuice Potion to turn into you and come back to East Tennessee to do this radio show? And what is their ultimate goal? Because Dave and the Joe Milton hate of the past two months is now saying Joe Milton is the breakout star. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to pick, here's my problem with Bacchus, and I love Bacchus, okay? I'm not ripping you, buddy, but, and we may have him on tomorrow. Here's my problem. If you're picking a guy that's already played, it's not Squirrel White. 
That's well, not Carl your breakout start last year, technically, though. Yeah, but I mean, if Jalen Hyatt's not having the year of all years, Squirrel White plays more, right? But isn't that the point, though? Like, because Jalen Hyatt's gone, Squirrel White then could have the year of all years this year. Maybe that's what he's banking on. Now, I'm with you. I don't think he will because the offense is different this year than it was last year. There's not going to be the – but if anybody – the deep ball threat is still going to be – come from the slot, and it's still going to be Squirrel White. But, okay, so let's turn this into is Squirrel White a known commodity? Yes, I believe he is. So we'll go ahead and that that will be the header of this video. (laughs) Is is Squirrel White a known commodity? And I'll let Caleb write it because he's better at the SEO stuff. But he's a known commodity. Mr. Jones says no one expected T. Martin to replace Manning and go to win the national championship game in 98. Maybe Joe can be the T. Martin to Hooker's Peyton Manning. See? So that's why you take Joe Milton in a list like this. T. Martin wasn't a breakout star in 1998, though. He managed the team as the defense won. I I agree. And in the spring, he was incredibly frustrated. By the way, the Celebrate 98 series is going to start before the end of the month. We're excited about that. Um, So, but, but T. Martin that spring was incredibly frustrated because they were holding him back. He was frustrated throughout the fall. They're not going to do that with Joe Milton. They can't. That's not the way this offense is built. There's not a great enough defense to lean on. There's not a great enough running game to lean on. So that's why if you want to pick a breakout star, make it Joe Milton. Because that's the guy who who could win the Heisman in September or October. The guy that wins the Heisman in September or October never actually wins it. But we always say, oh, that guy, you know, that, that Ron Dane of Wisconsin. Boy, he's he's got that thing locked up in September. I mean, I don't know. Tim Tebow won the Heisman when he was a freshman. He he won he won the Heisman his sophomore year, but he won it when he was a freshman because of all the hype. Well, but I'm just saying with the lead, in, the only thing that Joe Milton doesn't have going for him is the ultimate lead in, which a lot like uh, if players have that have won it before or that have been in the running before. That's all he. That's all he's missing. He he is he's a good story. He's an opportunity to step into an offense that's already clicking. Uh, Joe Milton should, if you want to talk about players that have played, it's not it's not squirrel wide. I mean, they don't have a meeting. Caleb saying, "Okay, Brew McCoy's a given. Uh, Ramel Keaton's a given. Man, I hope you get something out of Squirrel White this year." They're not having that meeting. But it's not about known commodities. It's just about who takes the giant leap forward. Like, again, Squirrel White last year, you're not talking about him when you have Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Brew McCoy, Romel Keaton. You're talking about all four of those receivers before you're talking about Squirrel White. This year, you might be talking about Squirrel White over any of the other guys. It's highly possible. I also am just still my mind's blown because Dave Hooker last week, Joe Milton loses the starting job at the mm-hmm. end of September. Dave Hooker this week, Joe Milton's a Heisman candidate in October. <laughs> um yeah it's it's those snoop dog chips is what it was when i went out to la they've got the they've got the snoop dog chips they brag about no cbd just thc um but they sell those they're two dollars more for the same bag of chips just because they have snoop dog smiling on it that guy's made one heck of an interesting career out of himself um but see i don't think he's a top rising star even among his own team scroll wide i think he is a star on his own team yeah but the team may know something 
Okay, here's a here here's a if we're gonna since we're bringing up ninety eight, here was a breakout star of nineteen ninety eight. The breakout star of nineteen ninety eight above anybody else was Travis Henry. Because, because he Jamal, had to be. I'm sorry. Because he had to be. Yes. Yes, he had to be. Jamal Lewis was going to be the heart and soul of the offense. Goes down for the year. Travis Henry comes in, but Fred could probably talk about this when we have him back on. I feel like the team knew Travis Henry was a great running back. They just thought Jamal Lewis was better. Um, yes, I think they knew Jamal Lewis was better. Now, I don't think that we knew that Travis Henry was as close to Jamal Lewis as he was, did we? I no, I, saw, I don't. I think we all were shocked that he could do that. He did what he did when he came. Yeah, out. at the time, I saw Jamal Lewis, and I was like, "That guy runs angry. He's a special, different type of player. This is a phenom." And he turned out to be. You know, he ran for two thousand yards in the NFL. Okay, if you were going to pick a top rising star on this football team, you can't say the name Dylan Sampson, Squirrel White, or Joe Milton. Who are you picking? Dylan top Sam- ten rising star. On this football team, and I kind of did. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I kind of did a little uh, spin on you there because I've got one that I think's really good, but I kind of played a little uh, mind game with you there. I'm going to see if you follow it. So you can't pick those three. You can't pick Dylan, Joe, and you can't pick Squirrel White. So how about the message board? Who wants to weigh in right now? Travis is still blown away that I'm on the Joe Milton bandwagon. I am. Dave needs a vacation to clear the fog. That's right. And no, I didn't go eat the Snoop Dogg chips. Um, But Travis says Nico is crying somewhere right now. He's not. All right. So you pick somebody that, and yes, I said Milton and Heisman in the same sense. He'll be in the Heisman conversation if he has the type of spring that keeps Nico on the bench. He had the type of spring that kept Nico on the bench. Well, I mean, the top of fall, excuse me. Um, Mr. says uh, Nathan Leacock may be a sneaky pick for rising star under the radar. That's the type of guy that I'm talking to. We know this team better than the national riders. No offense to this 247 guy. We know this team better than they do. So I'm going to give you mine. Keenan Pilly is the guy who will be the breakout star this year that nobody is talking about right now as of April. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We just talked about Squirrel White not being a breakout star because he's a known commodity. Keenan Peely's a three-year starter, not for Tennessee, but he has been a three-year starter in college football. How are we going to call him a breakout star? Well, I think the average SEC fan knows Squirrel before they know Peely. So that's why, to me, he's a breakout star. Now, if we're having this show... For our uh, our BYU fans, our fans out in Utah, then certainly Keenan Pilly is a known commodity, but we're not. We're having that show in the South. So I believe that he will be the guy that at the end of October, no offense to David Pollock, but people like David Pollock are saying, well, man, we weren't talking about this Keenan Pilly guy much a couple of months ago, but I think he is going to be a really good player. You're not going to say that about Squirrel White. You're going to say, thought he would live up to expectations in the offseason, and he has. Portions of the program brought to you by Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. I'm going to give you one other opportunity to come up with a good one that hasn't been mentioned, Caleb, so the pressure's on you. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn, look at me. I have no contacts. I have no glasses, and I can tell you that uh, being around the water, that was really awesome in L.A. last week, not to have to worry about 
contacts and uh, glasses. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han, they're local, 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 and they will handle all of your vision needs, whether it's the regular eye appointment checkup with their vision centers or you need LASIK like I got, or you can also have the cataract surgery. Uh, it is fantastic. Mr. Jones goes with Tyler Barron. Travis says that Pelian Beasley going to be thunder and lightning. That's part of my other point. I think Billy Peely, excuse me, is the guy that is in the middle that you don't have to worry about. You know, he's always there. So it frees up Beasley. So I think when we're having this conversation in four months from now, Caleb, we're talking about the impact that Peely has had on a football team that is going to be more far reaching than a squirrel white or even a Dylan Sampson. My guy, um, can have this season. I think Peely can have a wide ranging effect on this defense. So I am on the defensive side. One you guy are so, I you are so disgusted by the Peely pick because he's been a three year starter. I can tell it really bugs you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like that or I don't like that. Like I okay. want Caleb to be happy, but it's kind of fun to poke the bear every once in a while too. Well, I am with you on the defensive side, but I'm somebody else. And I'm I'm going in the range that Mr. Jones is, but somebody different because Tyler Barron is not a breakout star. He's a known commodity. I think the other starter this year will be Roman Harrison. Again, not a breakout star. He had seven tackles for a loss last year. That's a known commodity. Mike Eckler said he was the best new edge rusher in spring camp. However, there's usually three edge rushers that rotate in and out. And the third is my breakout star, and that will be James Pierce. Ooh, good job, man. James Pierce. Did I pierce you with that one? We took it too far. You went one too far. Um, <laughs> I think that's a very solid one. I like that one a lot. Um, Mr. Wait, Jones. Where's the rim Mr. Jo- oh, sorry. Mr. Jones said uh, Tyler Barron. See, to me, Tyler Barron is another one of those proven stars. Um, yeah. He's proven. Tyler Barron to me is not a rising, maybe he's a rising star. Um, Caleb's thinking you're still jet lag, Dave. Well, I am. Boy, yesterday was brutal. When you have to leave at uh, uh, your uh, uh, your hotel at 4 a.m., yeah, I'm probably still struggling a little bit. There was a lot of sleep yesterday. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with Keenan and Pilly, and you're going with now, James neither Pierce. James Pierce. Okay, I like that. Um, Shindavion Bradley is another one, Mr. Jones. Now, see, that's a good one. That's one coming out of left field. The guys that the national people aren't aware of. Another good one, J-Mac Volunteer. Great job, buddy. Arian Carter. Oh, Arian Carter's a great one. We both dropped the ball on him. Yes, that's a great one. I've heard a lot of good things about him in the spring. And who sang the song, Mr. Jones? What band was that? Does anybody remember Mr. Jones, the guy had the big dreadlocks, and because I've got a new Counting uh, Crows. Yes, the Counting Crows. Yeah, that's terrible. David Hobbs, uh, Mr. Jones says David Hobbs. That would be a great example. All on edge rushers to a certain degree. Yeah, is he ready as a true freshman? So Mr. Jones uh, says Counting Crows. Okay, so let me ask you this question because I've been wanting to do this. You, you have to uh, punch them or punch it, okay? So you either have to punch the band or punch the ticket that you're going, but you have to pay for the ticket. So I'm guessing the Counting Crows would be around two or $300. Uh, 
or so. So you either have to sit through a concert, spend your two hundred, two three hundred dollars, and watch the concert, or you can punch them right in the face, and you have punch to face them. them. Yeah, me too. It's not close. For the record, yeah, this these these concert tickets are going to get more and more out of whack because this Ticketmaster Live Nation merger that happened in twenty ten it, it, it needs to be broken up. That was a blatant antitrust violation. Can we and... start that though as punch them or punch it? So you have to punch them. And face the repercussions, legal repercussions, or you punch the ticket, but you have to buy the ticket. Let's do this. Let's do it for coaches and offenses and players. Would you rather pay to see the offense live or just punch the coach who runs the offense right in the face? There's something to that. I like it, but I'm going to have to go counting crows, punch them. Punch them or punch it. So you either punch them or punch the ticket, face the legal repercussions, or you can punch the ticket, but you have to buy it. There you go. Uh, Travis says Hank Jr. at Thompson Bowling Arena was just $89. Amen to that, brother. Well, and I mean, that, that, that's probably cheaper than the average age of a Hank Jr. fan. Sorry. That that number's lower than the age of a Hank, Hank Jr. Senior, fan. Not Hank Sr., not Hank Sr., but you go the Hank Jr. route. I still think it's lower than the age of a Hank Jr. See, the, 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 my generation and younger, the millennials and the Gen Zers, actually would prefer Hank Sr. because there's this new hipster thing on, you know, like in the older artist. So, yeah. Yeah, I will I go with there. Hank Jr. I will go with Hank Jr. But Travis, I will say that I went to see him in Atlanta one time. He didn't play a single former hit. He played all of his new stuff, and I didn't know any of it, and it was awful. That's what Lil um, does in concert. Yeah. All right. So uh, punch him or punch it. All right. So who else? Now we're leaving off a couple of guys and Deshaun Bishop and uh, Cameron Selden. No, total waste. They're not going to play this year. I tend to agree with that. Yeah, I, know, I, I, know. I thought there was something to them trying out at running back. No, they were just – this was just to keep the other running backs fresh and not play them that much. That's all that was. Which that's not unusual in spring camp. That that, that happens an awful lot. So, uh, again, let's get your thoughts on the rising star as Will Backus has Squirrel White, a top 10 rising star. So, what the H? Because to me, he is already a – a bona fide producer does he turn into a star perhaps all right so you had the list i'm having trouble having the list come up with the other guys that are in the rising stars for uh players to watch now a couple of things i wanted to point out as we look around the sec should georgia fans be worried Yes. I mean, I, I don't think uh, Carson Beck has grabbed onto that job based off Kirby Smart's comments. And he could be playing it close to the best. And should Alabama fans uh, be worried? Well, I don't know if I'm trying to connect the dots and reaching a little bit, but I know F- Paul Feinbaum has said, don't be surprised if ten- if Alabama looks in the transfer portal for a quarterback. That's clearly not where you want to be. So, uh, All of Tennessee's we'll, rivals are desperate, by the way, because Florida is a total disaster right now, too. Florida's a disaster. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and dive into that. Florida's a, a disaster. Kentucky is going to be a disaster, as I think um, the Blue Falcon, Mel Kuyper, and uh, the Dynamut, who is – I can't remember his name. Who is the other recruiting uh, – the NFL draft guy they have? Todd, Todd McShay. Yeah, they're going at it over the weekend. I heard some of that while I was on the plane. And so the Will Levis debate can go on, but I think we would all agree that Will Levis and Kentucky would be better if he were back another year, at least Kentucky. I don't agree. 
You don't think he'd be better to even come back? Uh, Kentucky would be better, wouldn't they? I think Kentucky runs it. They are a defensive-oriented team, and Mark Stoops has been creative enough to put guys in at quarterback and just run with his defense. I think Will Levis, I think building, putting the offense – last year he actually chose to build the offense for the first time ever around his quarterback or build the team around his quarterback, and I think it was to disastrous results because Will Levis is not that good. I'm going to say that straight up. Will Levis is not that good. He threw in a receiver at quarterback a couple of years ago and got 10 wins. Lynn Bowden, I think, was his name. Like, I think Kentucky is actually going to be better defensively this year, and that's what Mark Stoops prefers. Okay. So let's dive into this uh, for a moment. The rising stars that will potentially be there. I want to address the quarterbacks as well, and I want to address what quarterback situation is the most dire of Tennessee's upcoming opponents in 2024 or 2023 and uh, their rivals. But first, let's look at this rising stars. Um, if you can pull that up, players to watch entering the 2023 season. And I'll give you my thoughts on a thumbs up, thumbs down uh, over whether or not I think they are a rising star. Now, I, I, like I did with Tennessee's players, I'm going to be fair to all of you all. And please hit the like button, the thumbs up button. We greatly appreciate that. And if you haven't subscribed, do so, because the Celebrate 98 series will be off and running before the end of the month, and we're super excited about that. So let's okay. start with the, the the players that, if you can, Caleb, that are rising stars. I'm going to give you my thumbs up or thumbs down. All right. First of all, you got how do you want me to do this? Because he listed 23. Do you want me to just go to the top 10? Let's go to the top 10 or so or through Squirrel. Where is Squirrel on this list? Squirrel's at number seven. Okay, Squirrel should not be on this list because, in in my opinion, he is already a proven commodity. So I'm kind of being the wet blanket on this. Sorry about that. Uh, All right, we'll, I'll, go, I'll count down from 10 then. But uh... David, says, <laughs> David says, welcome back, Dave. Thank you. I appreciate it. The left coast is something to behold. All right, go All ahead. Right. Right, so got? number 10, defensive lineman Johnny Newton for Illinois is considered a breakout star. But he was also considered an All-American across many services in 2022. So it's a big thumbs down. Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) Mikael Williams, Georgia. Uh, Mikael Williams, what do you think? Rising star? Yes, because Nolan Smith is gone. And Nolan Smith already had a season in the injury. But, like, I think Mikael Williams is now firmly entrenched into this. So I could see Mikael Williams be in this defense. Yeah. Rising star. I think he's a star. And you almost feel like you have to pick a Georgia defender as a rising star each and every year, right? Yeah, you do. Okay. All right. What do we got? Who's number three on this list? Again, this is, oh, I'm counting down from 10 to one. Sorry. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. But this one, again, his, this throws me off. He's, he's saying Kelvin Binks of Texas. Kelvin Binks was, Big 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year. He's an offensive lineman. How do, you, how do you be a rising star if you were Offensive Freshman of the Year? I don't know. You're the one who likes this list. So what else we got? I didn't I'm say gonna... I like this list. I just defended yes, school. You, you said, I love this list. We got to do this. I did not. <laughs> I, I love the list as much as I love Derek Dooley. <laughs> nice. All right. Who, who else we got on the list? Besides All right. So Squirrel White was at seven. Number six is Peter Woods at Clemson. And he's a true freshman, so that's kind of just taking a shot. In the I don't door. know. Okay, again, I don't understand why Squirrel White's on this list. He's already played. Okay, so true freshman. All right, who else we got? Okay, another edge rusher, Deshaun McCullough, an edge rusher for Oklahoma. And look, Brent Venables is a defensive coordinator. 
but they Oklahoma had a horrible pass rush last year. So I think any edge rusher would be an upgrade over what they had last year. Yeah, if somebody gets 10 tackles for a loss, they're going to be considered a rising star. What else we got? All right, so number four, Dallas Turner, the edge for Alabama. With Will Anderson gone, I'm, I think that's an obvious rising star. Agreed. I would have that as a rising star. Number three, Mason Smith, defensive lineman for LSU. He was freshman All-SEC in 2021 and then tore his ACL last year. That's a rising star to me because you're coming off an injury, so I can roll with that one. I, I agree, and LSU is my breakout team. Don't even get me started. I'm very, very, very high on them. And the more we're talking – this sidebar, the more we're talking about the issues with other SEC teams, the higher I am on LSU. Man, because you they actually have – sorry? You do have some sort of weird fascination with LSU. <laughs> Oh, wind chimes give me the chills, Dave. That's a harp. All right, who else is a rising star? Uh, Nicholas Kingleton, running back at Penn State. And again, a thousand yard rusher last year. How's that a rising star? Uh, I don't know. This is your beloved list. <laughs> and number one, here's the big one. This is going to be the one that we could probably talk about the most, but Kyle McCord, the quarterback at Ohio State. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know. I mean, I know about Alabama and Georgia in that they don't have any an entrenched guy who's just going to naturally step in, probably back. I don't know who it's going to be at Alabama. If he is the naturally entrenched starter, then I'll say rising star. But I don't know that. I'm not going to pretend to know that Ohio State is the rising star that is just waiting for a quarterback to step in with C.J. Stroud gone. So if he's done his research, I'll – but I'll I'll give him that. Who else we got? That was it. That was it. That was a top ten. All right, that was the top ten right there. <laughs> then in there, I it mean, that was not. You have no idea. You have no idea, Caleb, where this show's going now without the pressures of day to day spring practice and football season pressing down upon us. We, oh, we we're, at- we're going to take shots at a bunch of SEC schools, including Tennessee, and have fans come and hate on us. That's what we're going to do. Well, yeah, but we're going to have all kinds of uh, interesting. Uh, sound effects, including the hut hut hut. You remember from Tecmo Bowl? Or is that before your time? Oh gosh, I know. Te- oh, I know Tecmo Bowl. Yes, is that that's the one where Bo Jackson was unstoppable, right? Yes, and he had the uh, um, hut hut hut, and he'd say it real fast. Mm-hmm. Remember? So we gotta we gotta work that in there. All right. So rising star on Tennessee's football team. If we're taking out Dylan Sampson and we're taking out Scroll White, I mean, I think it is Dylan Sampson, but. We went another direction. You would go James Pierce. I would go Keenan Pilly. So Tennessee picks up a uh, big. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm still laughing at Keenan Pilly. I'm. I, I'm just giving you hell for that forever. Why is that a bad one? Rising star starter like last two years, and somehow is going to be a rising star in the SEC. That is a different sort of thing. David says I'm on top of my sound effects game. Thank you. You know, Kevin Durant got traded to Phoenix this year. He could be a rising newcomer for Phoenix. He could be. Uh, portions <laughs> of the program brought to you by Craft Treats. Use the promo code off the hook. The promo code off the hook and get 20% off. CraftTreats.com. They have the chill pills that have the CBD uh, within the chill pills that will help with your pet's digestive issues, uh, anxiety issues, also arthritis helps with my pet a ton. Go to CraftTreats.com and use the promo code chill uh use a promo code off the hook for the chill pills uh you get 20 percent off any other product 20 percent off as well the promo code off the hook again off the hook 
uh, go to crafttreats.com. Tennessee's newest commitment and why it is so significant. It's a big one, and the Vols suddenly are pounding on the top five classes in the upcoming recruiting cycle. That's strong as well. Remind you that you can always uh, vote in our uh, Today's Tough Question brought to you by Craven Wings. Never frozen, always fresh, absolutely fantastic. And if you want to get on board there, be sure and do so. Who is the standout of the spring game? You can do so on Twitter or the message board right here. Two minutes and talk some Tennessee Cruton. After this with Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hogan. I know you like the heat. You've got to try my signature sauce 87. Dude, you know I love you and I love to try your wing sauce. But when it comes to wings, I need them really hot. I hit 105 on the radar gun. I need to be pretty spicy. Yeah, I know that, man. Look, if sauce 87 isn't enough for you, I guess you can try the Holy Moses or the Grim Reaper. Mmm, now we're talking. Take it from these Farragut admirals. When you're craving wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Visit them online at cravenwings.com. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your Before Candace, I was, I was really heavy into the drug culture. Um, I was selling drugs. I was just constantly in pain. I was missing like a good support system in my life. Candace has given me everything that I need in order to successfully have a wonderful recovery, in order to have a life that I didn't even know was possible. And it's not just about me anymore. And I love that. I absolutely love it. You can take your life back. Call Candace today. Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry, I'm a jeweler, and we wanna be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Mr. Jones says Nico be the rising star this year. Amen, brother. Put Nico in there. So yeah. nobody's going to be a Heisman candidate, and Nico's going to be a rising star. Is Tennessee going? You know what? Going to quarterbacks. What? What is the? I feel like Dave has some inside information here. Is Josh Heupel bringing back the single wing? Where you don't know who the ball is going to snap to. That would be awesome. Uh, David says many people start for two plus years and are not stars. Also, a star in any other league doesn't equal a star in the SEC. Thank you, David, for having my back. Travis agrees. Keenan Pilly is your breakout star for the 2023 season. You're going with some James Pierce cat. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Is that the first time that uh, Caleb Calhoun has gotten visibly frustrated with me? I don't get frustrated. I just get a kick out of things. I, I tend to agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, James Pierce is a good one. I like your James Pierce one. See, I like to frustrate. My, my fear is I like to frustrate other people with my takes. So, But, you know, I, I try not to ruin the relationship that you and Fred White have or you and Ron Slay have because I just like frustrating them for fun. So. <laughs> Well, and they, they tend to take it well. So, um, <laughs> by the way, uh, Fred will join us later this week. I will tell you. So you're. Tell us again why your breakout star is James Pierce Jr. I just think that Tennessee is going to have a three man rotation at edge rusher with Byron Young gone. And Roman Harrison would have been it because Mike Eckler said he was the best edge rusher in spring camp opposite Tyler Barron. But. I can't really call him a breakout star. He had seven tackles for a loss last year. So I think James Pierce is going to step into the role Roman Harrison had last year. So um, I'm, I'm going to say this. The thing that could undermine your take, Joshua Josephs. I should have, you're right. I should have said James Pierce or Joshua Josephs. It's one of those two guys, but James Pierce got a little more action in the spring game. But now that I say that out loud, maybe that does mean Joshua Josephs. Because if you saw action in the spring game, it probably means you're not the one who's going to see action in the fall, the way Heupel's been going with this. Yeah, I think he he, he makes it a little bit more difficult on your prediction. Um, because I think, he's a, I think he has a better understanding right now than Pierce and maybe a little bit more physically gifted. But Pierce is the type of guy that during the 2023 season or the 2024 season – the light switch is going to flip and he's going to be, he's going to turn from a good player to a really good player. And now the message board is saying you're waffling a lot. 
Caleb Calhoun's Waffling brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. Cityheatandair.com. Integrity matters. City Heating and Air Conditioning. Man, you may need a new HVAC unit when the temperatures get warm, but you may not. You may just need a part. Well, with uh, a company like City Heating and Air Conditioning, it's been in town for over 50 years. You know you're going to get the best integrity. Integrity matters. City Heating and Air conditioning cityheatandair.com so they bring you caleb's waffling today okay travis is just mad that i took a shot at hank williams jr and his fan base and i just said they're old yeah we could get into the kid rocks fan base and start a conversation on bud light which we are not going to do god i'm so sick of this conversation on bud Waffle house a new sponsor that's right we bring waffle house into the program where caleb's Takes are scattered, smothered, and covered with God knows what. My takes have a lot of flavor, guys. His <laughs> <laughs> takes are chunked, diced, and covered. I, you know what? But this, what the reason people get confused is because, by the way, rising star of 2023, off the hook sports guys. Let's just say it: the rising YouTube channel star of 2023 is. Amen to that. And what people don't understand is, I don't double down on things with new information. If new information proves me wrong, I'm willing to accept it. Now, it rarely happens because I'm usually right. No, but I'm I will give right you that. You, you are right about And you and I have a very similar outlook on that. Like, I was told Nico was holding his own midway through camp, and that's when I maybe backed off just a little bit. Um, some of the things that I've, I've said. But if I would have told, if I would have been told Nico's starring, that would have been a completely separate four downs. And it's brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden. We talked some Hendon Hooker who continues to make waves over the weekend, even though he's not playing the football. It's four downs now brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Bounds. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Bassillon and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. They've got the industrial mowers. They have the commercial mowers, residential as well in Cleveland. Easy to get to from Knoxville, Nashville, or Chattanooga. Bassillon and Garden Man Alive. It is worth the drive. You will love it. So I'm going to blow four downs kind of out of the water if you don't mind. And we're going to go extra downs. Uh, what are Hendon Hooker's best landing spots? So this is purely from Hendon Hooker's standpoint, not from a content standpoint, not from a team standpoint, but where do you feel like uh, he would best land and best make the m- biggest impact? Well, let's start with uh, the team that I think everybody wants him and our listening audience to go to, and that's the Tennessee Titans. Would you give that a thumbs up, thumbs down on essentially what is first down, Caleb Calhoun? Would that be a good landing spot? I am objectively, I am a Titans fan, but they are undergoing a massive transition now, and I don't know what the future holds, so I'm going to thumbs down that. If this were two years ago, I would, if they were sticking with the same philosophy they had two years ago, I'd say thumbs up, but I haven't, it's hard for me to figure out what they're trying to do long term, so I'm, I'm thumbs downing it now. I would have to go thumbs down as well. The Houston Texans? Thumbs down, one of the most incompetent organizations in the history of professional sports. I got thumbs down as well. Indianapolis Colts. I want to go thumbs down because they just haven't stuck with any sort of sort of stability the last three years. So I just I can't thumbs up them. 
I agree. And I'm going to go thumbs down too, because you take out a guy named Peyton Manning and what has their history been like? They, Andrew Luck should have been a hall of famer. They sent him on suicide. They put him on suicide watch though, as Stephen A. Smith would say, because they couldn't get him. They could not put an offensive line around him, forced him into early retirement. That what we really found out was Peyton Manning was masking a lot of flaws on that offensive line for years. Well, I think they were, I think he was masking a lot of flaws in that organization. Oh, I agree. I agree. I don't even think the look, I've said this and people hot take ready. I would not put Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison in the Hall of Fame, even though they're going, because I think they were complete products of Peyton. They would have been average guys if it wasn't for Peyton throwing them the ball. I think they got really lucky drafting Peyton, and I think they almost drafted Ryan Leaf. <clears throat> I think it's that bad of an organization, but they got really lucky with Peyton and he saved them. Uh the Carolina, so I'm gonna go thumbs down. That would be a bad fit. Carolina Panthers, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs down. They're starting over, so they're going to try to find a QB that they start immediately. And I don't think Hooker is a guy that can start immediately. I think he needs to sit for a year. I would think they would have the mindset to sit him. But if you're but right. They're, they're, you know, I mean, well, you know, with Frank Reich, maybe. But has the game passed Frank Reich by? Well, and, and Frank Reich typically likes big quarterbacks. Yeah. And, you know, Hooker's in the 6'2", 6'3", range. Excuse me. But he's not in the six, five range. So let me throw a couple of others at you. The, um, well, this was on the list, but the New York jets who are supposed to land Aaron Rodgers, I think that would actually be a good fit, Caleb, because he would be able to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. But on the flip side, is Aaron Rodgers going to help you at all? Or is he just going to try to get his two years up? I'm a major thumbs up on this. Who cares if Aaron Rodgers is going to try to help you? The jets can help you. I mean, Brett Favre didn't help Aaron Rodgers at all, and the Packers helped him. So I don't think I don't think the starting quarterback has to help you. You have to help yourself, and you can learn from the starting quarterback. And the Jets can help him. Now, I think Aaron. I'm, I think Aaron. I think the Jets is a great situation for him and Hooker to go to. Okay, so fourth down is the final four choices: Falcons, Bucks, Commanders, Raiders. Which would Hendon Hooker be the best fit in? I'd say the Falcons because I think Arthur Smith in that style of coaching, he is he still in Atlanta? He's still the head coach in Atlanta, right? Is who? Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you yeah, I, I, I believe he's still Atlanta's head coach. Yes. I think that system works well for Hendon Hooker. So I actually think Falcons would be the best. Don't, I, 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 you never want to play for Washington if you're a quarterback. You can't watch it. It's impossible to handle. It's impossible to handle the amount of adoration you get. If you have a little bit of success in Washington, it's a pot. It's impossible to keep it a level head. Ask RG three. Yeah. I, I don't know that any of these that we mentioned just leap off the page and excite me uh, other than the Titans, which I think would be a good fit if they took the right direction, which you referred to Josh McDaniels, who you have at the Raiders, if he landed, if Hendon Hooker landed at the Raiders, I think that would be a good thing for him. I don't think he's a guy who's going to get into trouble that you know, a lot of the – me included at 22 years old probably would have gotten in trouble if I lived in Las Vegas as my first job. But I don't think Hendon Hooker is going to have that issue being older and being a really um, balanced young man, and I don't think he's going to have issues there. So I think actually I would take out of that group the Raiders – 
because of the coaching you could potentially get there. And Josh McDaniels, who, for those that don't know, was a longtime coach of the Patriots and was there for a lot of their success. And they, they have made the signal that they are ready to make the move away from Derek Carr as he's now gone. So there's a clean break there, too, as a backdrop. Out of that group, if you had to pick one, who would you pick, Caleb? Because I'd go the Raiders. I wouldn't go to the Raiders, and I'll tell you why. Josh McDaniels, in the Patriots system, you know this, there's a lot of receiver option routes that are more intermediate passing game, and that's Hooker's weakness. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of vertical shots you take. In that that's offense. very true. And I think you need – so I would go – I'd still go Atlanta. The, the team we left out, I mean, because we talked about it, I mean, Seattle's his best team. That Seattle is where you want to go if you're Hendon Hooker. No, I, t- I totally agree. Um, uh, but Seattle was not on this list of the latest one I pulled up. But I think uh, – and Seattle picks later in the first round. So they would either have to trade up or Hooker would have to be in that end of the first round. I hate to say this because this sounds awful, and I like Hendon Hooker, and I hope I'm wrong. But I feel like he is the ultimate – smoke screen of this draft i feel like he is being used as hey might creep up into the first 10 picks hey might creep up into the first five picks to try to get somebody to move up i feel like he is the ultimate smoke screen of this draft and will end up going into the first round early second despite all the optimism about going higher oh i agree i think that was because it came nothing it, it came out of nowhere if you remember that you haul you had Mel Kuyper and everybody saying, we don't believe in Hendon Hooker. We have all these issues. And that was right after the combine. And then like a week later with nothing else to show, with no new material whatsoever, all of a sudden Hendon Hooker's draft stock is rising through the roof. That, that doesn't make sense. It, the timing is way off. And I think that you're right. Teams are trying to overvalue his stock, hoping someone bites. But look, let's, I'm just going to be honest. Someone Right now, I would Hendon Hooker is my... He's tied for my second choice behind Bryce Young, and I'm not so sure I wouldn't take him above C.J. Stroud if you're asking me quarterbacks for the NFL. It's easily above Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Those will be two giant busts in the NFL. Um, I agree. I've, I've no debate amongst any of that, and I think that um, Hooker is – there's not a safe pick on the board, and that includes Bryce Young because of his size. But I think Hendon Hooker is one of the safest picks because you're hoping that Anthony Richardson turns from a workout star to a player. You're you're hoping that Will Levis isn't as cocky as he'd come across. So Will Levis has I, no intangibles and he's not that good. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that honestly, if you looked at this group and you looked at them with an objective eye, I think the safest pick is actually as crazy as it sounds. Uh, Hendon Hooker, other than Bryce Young. To me, Bryce Young has a question mark of his size, but he's just such a playmaker. I think it's him and kind of everybody else. However, that that being said, I think Hendon Hooker has very few questions about his ability, which um, doesn't happen a lot for a guy that could float to the beginning of the, the second round. So Tennessee, if you haven't checked it out yet, go to offthehooksports.com. They pick up a a commitment, a three-star safety, Ad- Adris Farouk. Your thoughts on him and how I'm pronouncing his name. Would you judge that as good, bad, not so great? Dave, what are you doing? I think you did it as good as you could. Thank I think you. this is still, I mean, this is, 
Josh Heupel is going all in on defensive backs until he can shore up that what happened last year. That that's so very clear. He's already got a Shamar Arno committed for 2025, uh cornerback. This is a big deal because Tennessee's losing Jalen McCullough after this year. So I think this is again throwing stuff at the wall, see what throwing things at the wall, see what sticks with defensive back. That's what Josh Heupel's doing. My uh I, I, when you were out, off last week, Dave, I brought a little bit of a history lesson. What Josh Heupel's doing with defensive backs is what FDR did during the Great Depression, which is the New oh, Deal. What a lot of people, what a lot of people don't know is most of the New Deal programs was FDR throwing stuff at the wall to see what would work. He didn't actually know what was going to work or not work during that time period. And Social Security was just thrown at the wall, like let's try this. <laughs> and and so that's basically what Josh Heupel's doing at defensive back. He's throwing stuff at the wall, see who he can find. Nope, I would agree with that. Let me tell you a little bit more about uh, Fruke, a three-star safety who committed to Tennessee over Arkansas, Colorado, Ole Miss, Wisconsin, and Penn State. He visited over the weekend, and he ranks as the number 561 player nationally, number 47 safety, and the number 17 player from Maryland attends St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. What does that tell you about Tennessee recruiting? It tells me that Tennessee is still willing to be in reach mode, try to get a guy early who other schools haven't identified, and then hold on to him. But the simple fact is, nowadays, with players getting paid in the transfer portal, you don't necessarily have to hold on to him. Let's say you know this guy is six foot tall, 180 pounds. And he shows up to his first uh, game in uh, the fall and he's six foot tall, 165 pounds. And he hasn't hit the weight room. Nowadays you can just cut bait with him and it doesn't hurt your recruiting reputation at all. No, that's true. That's a very good point. And I want to call some people like Tennessee right now is number seven in recruiting. Don't get too excited about that. We don't know how it's going to end up in 2024. I still think they're going to have a great class, but You've talked about how the recruiting calendars moved up, Dave. Truth of the matter is, though, still, even though the calendars moved up, the elite players, they ain't commit until June, at least. The bulk of the elite players aren't going to commit till June. So you, Alabama has, over the past five, six years, has had moments where they're not even in the top 25 in April, and then they're number one in June. So, <laughs> you know. So right now, Tennessee would be seventh overall which would be uh, once uh, be third in the SEC behind Georgia, who's number one, LSU, who's number two. So rounding out that top ten, Ohio State in at number three, Michigan uh, – I'm sorry, Ohio State in at number two, Michigan number three, LSU, as I mentioned, number four, Notre Dame at number five, Florida State number six, Tennessee now number seven, seven with nine commits, uh, Penn State at number eight, Florida number nine, and Oregon at number ten. The one that deserves a shout-out that I get accused of ripping a lot, kudos to South Carolina, who's in at the 11th position and has six four-star commitments. So major kudos to them to be knocking up against the top 10 is uh, pretty significant. I think ultimately South Carolina, though, will be judged in how they compete this season. Their prospects are getting on board early, but what happens – if they have shortcomings on their coaching staff, which I believe they do, then do some of these guys bolt in October? We'll see. This is solely based on two four stars they got because they beat Tennessee last year, Cam Pringle and Maceo Bennett. And 
you're right. Those two could easily transfer midway through this upcoming year. And which, by the way, I want to bring this up. Speaking of transfers, Dave, I wanted to know your thoughts for because we got we'll probably have transfer portal news over the next two weeks. I say don't read anything into this portal window. Players transferring into this portal window are players who are transferring because they weren't good enough to win a starting job in spring practice where they were at. Agree, but let me ask you this question. What if Tennessee takes a quarterback in this transfer portal? I could well, read Josh, It's funny, Josh Ward and I talked about that last week, and you could see them taking like a veteran quarterback to have another option in case Joe Milton gets hurt, and I don't think that's a problem. But what I'm saying is don't expect any transfer they pick up in this window to be a starter. Yeah, I don't think that you – when you look in, in this window, if Tennessee takes a quarterback that you're upset or concerned about uh, Joe Milton. Um, but it would be curious to me if they took one. At the very least, wouldn't you want three scholarship quarterbacks headed into the season? Is Gaston Moore or Navy Shuler your answer if something were to happen to two? Oh, you absolutely need three scholarship quarterbacks. I mean, to be fair, though, throughout most of Fulmer's tenure, he only operated with two scholarship quarterbacks, didn't he? Yeah, the goal was always to have three but he rarely did because somebody's going to transfer even before the transfer portal rules were so loose. This has always been my thought on if, if you're making, if you're a championship contender, listen, if you're Butch Jones and this is the mid two thousands and you want to win nine games, then you better make darn sure that you have three scholarship quarterbacks, right? Because what happens if you lose two? then you at least want to make a run for that eight, nine wins. But if you're Tennessee and you're thinking championship level, Caleb, if they lose, if they were to lose for some, for whatever reason, Joe Milton and Nico, they're not winning the championship. Yeah. That's the not. end of that conversation. I agree. I agree. It's that it's look right now. They may not win one. If Nico starts this year, he's still got a lot of work to do. So if they lose Joe, they're not winning a championship. And I'm still pretty high on they're just not winning a championship this year, guys. But I will say, and we'll talk about this later in the week, the SEC East is more in play than we thought. Mm, yes, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow because Georgia's quarterback situation is not exactly coming into focus as, as I thought it would. Um, so we'll see about that. But uh, also Alabama's quarterback focus now maybe on a transfer. And if so, what does that mean for Nick Saban's dynasty? Paul Feinbaum alluded to that earlier uh, today, that they could be looking for a quarterback in the transfer portal, which I don't think is good news. Click that like button. The thumbs up button helps us. We'll be with you tomorrow at 10 o'clock Eastern each and every weekday. And we got some Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays coming up. So a lot on the program. If you haven't subscribed yet, you have to do that. Subscribe right now. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Big things happening, uh, including the Celebrate 98 series, which is just days away. For Caleb, I'm Dave, off the hooksports.com for the latest. Have a fantastic day, everyone. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.